Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for November 5, 2023 is entitled, The Servant's Promise. It comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. The key verse, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Mark chapter 13, verse 26. The application, The student will understand and demonstrate by his faithful service that Jesus is coming again. Seeking the context. Watch and be ready. These are the primary commands Jesus gave his disciples on the Mount of Olives in his Olivet Discourse, Matthew chapter 24, verse 42 and verse 44, Mark chapter 13, verses 33 through 37. Watch literally means not to sleep and metaphorically to remain alert. We are to be keenly aware of what the Bible says about the coming of Christ and the end of the age. Books like Ezekiel, Daniel, First and Second Thessalonians, and Revelation are to be read and studied to understand end-time events. We are to watch what is going on around us, natural disasters, wars, immorality, and the conditions in Israel as they relate to what the Bible prophesies. But let us be sure to understand the Bible first before we take a current event as a beginning of the end. The only sure source of information on the end times is the Bible. Although the works of men may be helpful, they do not supersede the Word of God. We are also commanded to be ready. Readiness for the return of Christ is most important and begins with salvation. You do not want your opportunity to be saved to run out on you. Be saved now. When the Lord returns, it will be too late. Be saved today because now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. Furthermore, we as God's servants are to be busy serving the Lord. At the end of Jesus' Olivet Discord, he gave a parable about a faithful and wise servant who was busy doing the work of his master in his absence. When his master came, he rewarded him greatly. But the foolish servant disobeyed the master, took advantage of his master's absence, and abused his privileges. When the master came, he punished this unfaithful servant who suffered greatly for his disobedience. Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 through 51. Being ready means to be saved and faithfully serving our master while awaiting his return. Much discussion and debate has occurred over when and how things will transpire at Jesus' second coming. It is heretical to be a date-setter, because the Lord clearly told us, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. 
Mark chapter 13, verse 32, eschatology, the study of the end times, is a very difficult subject. And we should use extreme caution in being dogmatic on issues of when the rapture will occur, exactly how the tribulation period will play out, and other matters of the future. Instead, we should live in constant expectation of the Lord's return. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. I am not saying that we should not believe what the Bible says, but we must all admit that our interpretations of difficult subjects in the Bible can be wrong. For example, in 1948, when Israel was proclaimed a sovereign nation, many said that the return of Christ would happen in a few days. We are far removed from that event today and are still awaiting Christ's return. As important as that event was, it was not the event that set prophetic fulfillment in motion. I think being watchful and ready also means remaining flexible in our understanding of the fulfillment of prophecy. Let us examine our Bible passage for today and see what we can learn about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can you be sure you are watching and ready for the Lord's return? Searching the text. Number one, prophecy about the temple. Mark chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus' prophecy began with the disciples trying to impress Jesus with the temple complex. This second temple was constructed in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah after Solomon's temple was destroyed in 586 BC by the Babylonians. It was completed in 516 BC but was decimated by Antiochus IV Epiphanes of the Greek Seleucid Empire in 168 and 167 BC. Herod the Great was responsible for reconstructing and expanding the temple structure starting around 20 BC and taking 46 years to complete. John chapter 2 and verse 20. This was the temple the disciples pointed out to Jesus. The temple of Jesus' day was a magnificent complex by all descriptions, but it seemed comical to me that the disciples were trying to impress Jesus with this earthly temple when he had seen the heavenly temple. Furthermore, Jesus vehemently cried out against the activities of this temple, saying that the Jewish religious leaders had made it a house of merchandise, John chapter 2, verse 16, and a den of thieves, Mark chapter 11, verse 17. It represented all that had gone wrong in Israel, and the leaders who led the corrupt worship were the very ones who would call for Jesus' crucifixion in just a few short days. Why would Jesus be impressed with this temple? Sometimes we see, as the disciples saw, we are impressed with large church buildings, decorative interiors, and ornate structures. But must we be reminded that the church is not the building? There are many so-called church buildings in our world 
that are beautiful works of architecture, but they are nothing more than heretical temples. It is not temples that should move us, but the truth of God's word. The disciples should have been more awe-inspired by the God of the temple instead of the temple architecture. Jesus called it my father's house in John chapter 2 and verse 16, but I am not sure God the Father was welcomed there anymore. Jesus' first prophecy here involves the destruction of the temple, Mark chapter 13 and verse 2. This second temple had stood in Jerusalem for 586 years before it was destroyed in AD 70, fulfilling Jesus' prophecy. No temple has stood in Jerusalem since. The Roman army, led by general and future emperor Titus, besieged Jerusalem for five months, destroying both the city and the temple and killing thousands of Jews. The siege began in April, just three days before the Passover. According to historian Josephus, who lived during this time, the Jews in Jerusalem suffered starvation and resorted to cannibalism for survival. Josephus Flavius, the Jewish war. It may have been the worst time in Jewish history when Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed, and we shall see what Jesus said about how the disciples and the Jewish people in general would suffer. Although it is not stated explicitly in Scripture, I wonder if this was not God's punishment upon the Jews for rejecting Jesus. He came to his own, and his own received him not. John chapter 1 and verse 11. But the destruction of the temple also indicated the passing of the Old Covenant and the sacrificial system of the Old Testament to usher in the New Covenant ratified by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 26 verse 28. Why do you think God allowed the temple in Jerusalem to be destroyed? Number two, questions about this prophecy. Mark chapter 3 verses 3 and 4. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? As Jesus and his disciples sat on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem and its most prominent feature, the temple, the disciples were stirred with questions about what Jesus had just prophesied. To put it in perspective, their feelings may have been similar to what ours would be if Jesus predicted the destruction of Washington, D.C. and the U.S. Capitol. They asked when the temple would be destroyed and what warning signs would be given, verse 4. Matthew gave a fuller list of the disciples' questions. Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. They asked about the signs of Jesus' second coming and of the end of the age. This list of questions served us well to outline Jesus' answers. In Mark chapter 13, verses 5 through 13, Jesus answered the question about the signs preceding the destruction of the temple, but and also included the signs that preceded the return of Christ. See also Matthew chapter 24, 
verses 4 through 14. Mark chapter 13, verses 14 through 37, conveyed more about the tribulation period and the signs preceding the second coming of Christ and the end of the age. See also Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 51. If we conducted a complete study of all that Jesus prophesied here, we would need several weeks to complete it. So the best we can do is summarize what Jesus prophesied. Like the disciples, we too have many questions related to the end times. Who has not pondered when the rapture will occur? Who the Antichrist will be? And what all those vicious-looking monsters of Revelation represent? To be truthful, we have more questions than answers. The ten kings of Daniel 7 and verse 24 and Revelation 17 and verse 12 have been identified as the League of Nations, which ended in 1946, the United Nations, whose future is uncertain, Arab nations that surround Israel that are in constant flux, and some type of revival, revived Roman Empire, which is uncertain. There are just some things we are not meant to know in full detail yet, and it is unwise for us to claim that we have it all figured out. The best we can do is watch and be ready. What questions do you have about the end of this age? Number three, Jesus' prophecy. Mark chapter 13, verses 5 through 13. And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in divers places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Much of Jesus' prophecy in these verses can be applied from the time of his crucifixion until he comes again to set up his millennial kingdom. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. Jesus described in Mark chapter 13, verses 5 through 8, the period he called the beginnings of sorrows, and said that these were not signs of the end, but the end shall not be yet. Verse 7. One sign is religious deception and false Christ, which have been widespread from the time of Jesus' earthly ministry, verses 5 and 6. 
but there will be one who will stand above the rest, the Antichrist, who will come to power during the tribulation period, Revelation 13. He is also called that man of sin, the son of perdition, in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. He will sit in the temple of God and proclaim himself to be God, verse 4. He will be empowered by Satan with deceptive signs, lying wonders, and unrighteous deception, verses 9 and 10. Many will be led astray by his lies because they did not believe the truth of God's word and instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. Jesus also said that the beginning of sorrows would be characterized as a time of war, earthquakes, famines, and generally a time of all sorts of troubles, Mark chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Jesus used the words sorrows that refer to the labor pains of birth, and some have suggested that the closer we get to the end and Christ's second coming, the more severe these pains will become. We can read of all the destruction and war in the tribulation period in Revelation and see how this is likely, Revelation chapter 16 and 18. In Mark 13, verses 9 through 13, Jesus addressed the suffering of these first disciples, possibly the persecution of believers throughout history. All of these first disciples suffered greatly for preaching the gospel, while persecution of Christians is significantly less in our day. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 12. Again, as time draws closer to the tribulation period, and especially within the tribulation, persecution of Christians will grow worse. Revelation tells us that many saints will be killed during the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 13, verses 7 through 9, 14 and verse 12 and 13, 16 and verse 6, 17 and verse 6, 18 and verse 24. Do you think these signs the Lord gives us are being fulfilled today? Setting the application. I will be the first to admit that I have more questions than answers on the second coming of Christ and the end of the age. It gives me relief to know that both Daniel and the Apostle John struggled to understand the very prophecies they wrote. Daniel chapter 12 verses 8 and 9, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. We should apply every ability we have to understand biblical prophecy and keep studying it until we see it fulfilled. But I think it is borders on arrogance for someone to claim to have it all figured out. But what we can do is watch and be ready. We must continue our efforts to understand more about biblical prophecy and be aware of how current happenings might be fulfilling prophecy. Foremost, we need to be ready for the Lord's return and the end of the age by making sure that we are saved and serving the Lord faithfully every day. A large part of that is taking the gospel into all the world because we can be sure that the gospel must first be published among all nations, Mark chapter 13 and verse 10, before Jesus comes again. Are you watching? Are you ready?
Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.